hey there guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comic books, television, and all that sorts of good stuff. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, this is going to be a pretty long show. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, we have had, we have 17 Q&A questions. Um, some of them were backed up from last week. Uh, the first one, two, three, four, uh, four questions were backed up from last week. And then we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13 and 14 questions I got sent in for this week. So, um, yeah, we got some, we got a lot of questions to go through. Um, I am going to answer them and then we got some, but we also have some, some main topics we got to talk about. But before we get into any of that, I wanted to open the show up with a new big announcement. Big announcement. Wanted to. Go ahead and talk about some stuff. Um, so last week I made uh, a very important announcement that I had told you guys the the big update of my life. I am now I am directing a commercial, which is pretty big. Uh, it's gonna be my first big. It's gonna be my first uh, small directing gig. Um, but it's a very good. It's 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 a very good one that I need. But. I wanted to not – I didn't want to talk about the commercial because, quite frankly, I just can't talk about it publicly. But what I can talk about is what is coming to the Zeke Said So uh, podcast. Um, now, this podcast feed is going to be a lot more active. Starting in in January of 2023 um, – this podcast is going to be a is going to be active five days a week. You will get one show five days per week, and uh, Monday through Friday, and it's going to be pretty big. Um, so I wanted to talk about. We have two new shows that are coming uh, to the Zeke Said So podcast feed, and then uh, I'm, I'm, I'll talk to you guys about some updates going on with the um, with the Zeke Said So you, Pictures YouTube channel. So let's go and let's um let's talk let's talk let's uh kind of get into these announcements. Uh, so like I said, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday there will be one show that premieres on each of those days. Uh, we already have three podcast shows that we do: um, the Web Slingers podcast, Avatar the After Show, and the Zeke Said So Show. Webs the Web Singers podcast is going and again this is starting in 2023 but starting in January of 2023 the Web Singers podcast will move from Saturday nights to Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. So the Web Singers podcast will now be a Tuesday night show um so let's let's so Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday are so Tuesday is going to be the Web Swingers podcast. Wednesday will be Avatar the After Show as usual. And Friday nights, of course, will be the Zeke Said So Show. But what does that mean for Monday and Thursday? But you, you might be sitting there wondering, Zeke, 
You said five days a week. You you said five days a week. What? But you've only talked about three days. Well, those are just the shows that have already been on the podcast that are going to remain on the podcast for uh, for now. So let me talk about the two new shows that we are adding to the week. One is a brand new show that we are starting that I'm announcing and that you guys are going to be hearing for the very first time. It is called To the Bath Cave, a DC talk show. Uh, that show will be premiering on Monday nights at 6 p.m. Uh, the To the Bat Cave, a DC talk show, is going to be kind of like the way it's going to kind of it's going to kind of be formatted the same way that the Web Swingers podcast. We're going to pick one main topic in regards to the DC, DC Batman and the DC universe, and we're just going to talk about it for like 30 minutes. And uh, that will be pretty fun. So Monday nights at 6 p.m. to the Batcave. What's the other show we're bringing to the Zeke Said So podcast? Well, it's a show that people have literally been begging for its return for a very long time. So on Thursday nights at 6 p.m., Throwback Thursday will return. Um. A lot of people have asked me what is what is going on with Throwback Thursday. I had avoided bringing back Throwback Thursday mainly because I just didn't feel like doing it anymore. But then I kind of thought about it, and I was like, and I, I I had said for the longest time the only way I would bring it back is if I had a co-host. But then I figured out a way to bring it back. In a way that feels more like what I want to do with the podcast feed. You know, I don't just want my podcast to be a, to be a, this is your breaking news segments. No, I want you to kind of understand the, you know, like when I talk about movie news, I want the whole point of me talking about movie news is so that you can understand my point of view on film. And so you can understand how I look at movies and how, and how it, how movies impact me. I'm going to – and Throwback Thursday is going to be that same way. It's not going to be a typical let's list the positives, let's list the negatives, and then let's give our overall thoughts. It's not going to work that way anymore. Uh, I'm going to break it down pretty much uh, – basically it's going to be a film analysis um, show. Throwback Thursday is now going to be not just a movie review show, but it's going to be a film analysis show breaking down the theme of a movie, breaking down what I believe the director was going for, looking at a specific scene and breaking that down from a visual standpoint or a, or a thematic standpoint and stuff like that. Just, just kind of giving you more of making it feel more like me. And that's the important thing is that all of these shows are basically an extension of the conversations that I'm constantly thinking of, like the, the thoughts that I'm constantly thinking in my head about film and television is, is what these shows are. So let's run down the week. Uh, again, these, this schedule will start on G in January of 2023. 
Monday nights at 6 p.m. to the Batcave. Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. the Web Swingers podcast. Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Avatar the After Show. Thursday nights at 6 p.m. Throwback Thursday. And Friday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The Zeke Said So Show. Um, Now let's talk about the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel. Because that channel is going to start being more active. Now, some of you may have noticed that we have been uh, putting up... Let me bring up my YouTube channel here. Uh, Okay. Get that out of the way. Okay. Uh, So some of you may have noticed... That we've been doing these out of that I've been doing these out of the theater reactions, uh, out of the theater reactions. Um, to, you know, I've been kind of do I've been kind of where I've been going to the theater, coming back and giving you guys my quick thoughts on it, um, like quick like two minute thoughts on a movie. And you guys seem to really like them, and so. It just made sense that I start doing more of them. So you are going to see a lot more out of the theater reactions to the movies that I go and see. Um, A lot more of them will be coming. I haven't recorded some for some of the movies that I have seen just because a lot of the movies that I have seen, uh, I just didn't think were that were worth talking about. So, so I am going to be doing some, like I, I'm seeing um, the uh, I'm seeing the new George Miller directed film. I believe it's called 3,000 uh, 3, something, 3,000 Years of Longing, which is the new uh, George Miller directed film. I'm seeing that on Friday night, so I'll be giving you guys my out of the theater reaction uh, when I do see it. Um, but yeah, more out of the theater reactions. Um, and then this is, uh, pretty cool. So I kind of felt nostalgic for my YouTube channel. So I started going back and watching some of watching my earlier videos. Um, the very first video I had ever put up on my, um, YouTube channel was a, uh, slideshow video kind of running down that week's box office report and that was the opening weekend for fantastic four and all that stuff and it was the very first video i ever put up on my on a um on youtube well <laughs> um those those videos will be coming back i'm going to be doing a lot more slideshow videos um uh Mainly top 10 videos. Mainly top 10 list will become the slideshow videos. And and those are going to be very quick videos. They're basically going to be like one to two minutes long. They're not going to be super long uh, videos. They're just going to be like quick two to like one to two minute long videos at the most. So those will be coming. Again, that is also going to be starting on, in January of 2023. And then also starting in January 2023, since we are doing five shows per week, um, 
you're going to see a lot more clips from the podcast up on the YouTube channel. So make sure you guys are subscribing to the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel because starting on Jan- starting in January of 2023, you're going to see a lot more. In fact, actually, we're going to clip out this big announcement um, and put it up on the YouTube channel uh, kind of as like a base, big surprise, essentially. So definitely make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast. And if you are listening to this on YouTube – Welcome. Uh, make sure you uh, go subscribe to the podcast feed because we're cooking up some really cool stuff here. Um, and I will give more detail. And I just wanted to announce these this stuff, guys. I I just wanted to announce this stuff. I will give more details about these announcements um, on the final Zeke Said So show of 2022, which will be right before the Christmas holiday. Uh, usually the final show of of the year is usually right before the Christmas holiday, just because the Christmas holiday I like to take a uh, I just because for the for the uh, Christmas and New Year holidays I like to just take a break. So uh, yeah, those are the big big announcements, guys. Uh, to to quote uh, John Campia, those are the big surprises. Um, so yeah. Um, I'm very excited to be to be more active on the podcast feed and more active on the YouTube channel. Um, it's something that I've been wanting to do for for many many years now. It's um, because I think the last time I was this active on uh, record on recording YouTube on YouTube especially was probably back in 2019, uh, and then I took a really long break from the YouTube channel and just kind of uploaded small videos here and there. Um, but now it's now that's different. Now I'm going to be uploading more stuff and it's going to be pretty, pretty exciting. So um, yeah, uh, that will do it for the big announcement. Now let's go ahead and move on to our main topics. Okay, guys. Let's go ahead and get into our main topics, our main movie news topics. And, yeah, we got about five movie news topics, and we're going to break them down. Uh, let's go ahead and start with this. Uh, we Let's not waste any time, and let's get right into it. Uh, first topic we have is this. Alec Baldwin fired from several movies due to rust incidents. Um, for, th- uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the situation, um... Alec Baldwin was shooting a Western film last year called Rust. Um, there was a scene that they were shooting where uh, Alec Baldwin had to point the gun at the camera and uh, look like he was about to fire it at the audience. What ended up happening was an unfortunate in- accident in which um, a live round was inside the gun. It was fired and it killed the cinematographer. And the director was also injured in the process. Um, the most important tragedy of it was that a, a cinematographer, a, a human being, lost their life on the set of a movie that basically cost around $7.5 million. Uh, a, a small budgeted film, you know. Well, now Alec Baldwin is starting to kind of pay the consequences of being the one who fired the gun because now he has been let go from several movies 
uh, due to the incident. Um, this comes to us from Screen Rant. Um, they wrote the following. In an interview with CNN, Baldwin revealed that he's lost several jobs due to the rush shooting. Baldwin says he's lost five jobs since, shooting, since the shooting, including a project which he was very suddenly fired from this week. While Baldwin didn't name the project he was fired from, he, sa- he says that he had been in talks with the producers for months and was suddenly let go just as he was about to get on a plane to begin filming. And that comes to us from Screen Rant. And then this is what Alec Baldwin had to say uh, on CNN. Uh, I got fired from another job yesterday. Uh, there I was, all set to go to a movie, jump on a plane. Uh, I've been talking with these guys for months, and they told me yesterday, we don't want you to do the film. We don't want to do the film with you because of this. And that, of course, uh, was quote a quote from Alec Baldwin. Um, so, look, this was just an unfortunate accident. However, the public perception is that Alec Baldwin is the one who held the gun. Even if he didn't know that there was a live round in the bullet, he did that. He made the gun go off. The gun went off in his hands. Unfortunately, there's a lot of film production companies that are now kind of backing their backing away just because he was holding the gun when the incident happened. Do I think it's fair? No, I don't think it's fair because it wasn't he's not I don't believe he was like he wasn't the one who who put a live round in the gun. At least not that we know of. I wouldn't. I don't think he would do something like that. He he never put the live round in the gun. So, but he was the one who discharged it. So so unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of film pro, uh, film productions are just like you know what? Let's. There's a lot going on with Bal- with Alec Baldwin. He's tied into this unfortunate tragedy and we don't want that impacting our film so let's go ahead and 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 part ways with them unfortunately that's just how it's gonna be and i'm gonna tell you something unless it's proven unless it unless it is unless we find out that somebody had that somebody had sabotaged the production and put the live round in the bullet. Someone that wasn't Alec Baldwin put that live round in the gun. Until that happens, I don't think we're seeing Alec Baldwin in any more movies. I just don't. I I just don't know if there's a film production after him losing several of these of these jobs, several of them, and then to get fired as he was getting on a plane, as he was getting on the plane, he was let go from the film. I don't. I just don't see 
what movie studio is gonna want to work? Is gonna want to continue to work with him? Again, do I think it's fair? No, I don't think it's fair because it's not his fault. He didn't put the like you know. It's not. He's not the one who went. He's not the one who put the live round in the bullet. He didn't do this on purpose. In fact, when he was given the gun, the the person I believe it was the assistant director who gave him the gun who told him that it was a cold gun, meaning it it what it was it was it was empty and it was ready to be used for the shot. So yeah, it's it's a it's a whole messy situation. The uh, it's kind of unfortunate that the death of a human being is kind of overshadowed by people wondering whether or not Alec Baldwin did it or stuff like that. It's just unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. So, all right, let's move on to the next topic. And the next topic we got is this. Uh, Top Gun Maverick officially beats Avengers Infinity War at the domestic box office. Um, this, uh, quote comes from screen rants, apologies to, to the Avengers, but the Tom Cruise led Top Gun Maverick has officially snapped Avengers Infinity War out of their sixth place spot at the all time box office charts as its 13th weekend in theaters kicks off with the film's latest daily gross on Friday, August 19th, Maverick has now grossed $679 million domestically, which is good enough to surpass 2018's Infinity War, uh, $678 million. And that comes to us from Screen Rant. And yeah, guys, I mean, I talk about a, talk about a, um, a disappointment at the box office. Good Lord. Like, Top Gun Maverick, if you had asked me about a year ago if if Top Gun Maverick was going to be making this much money at the box office, I would have said you're absolutely crazy because the film had a lot going against it. Number one, it was a sequel to a movie that was 30, that was basically 20 to 30 years just too late. You know, it, it was way too late. For a Top Gun sequel. And number two. Just the process of getting this movie released. The fact that it kept getting delayed. Due to the COVID pandemic. It was a nightmare. To, to just get this film out in theaters. But it finally did come out. And it is now sitting. Um. It is now sitting at six hundred and eighty-five point one million dollars domestically, and I and the worldwide total is about one point four billion dollars worldwide. Um, let let me go ahead and look at the uh, the worldwide uh, grosses. So let me see. So Top Gun Maverick is slowly climbing its way 
into the top 10. I mean, it's num- it's it's at number it's in the top 12 of the all-time worldwide grosses. Now, a lot of people have asked, have asked the infamous question, is this going to catch Avatar? No, no way in hell. No way in hell. Um especially since Avatar is being re-released next month, no chance in hell. But I do think by the end of its run, it will probably beat Furious 7 out for the number 10 spot. Because you you just gosh, it's it's just so um it's it's mind-blowing that this uh this movie has done the numbers that it's done. Um so yeah, I and then it's domestic tolls. I mean, uh, let me see. I mean, the domestic tolls, it is right now in the top six. It's, it's in the top six for the all-time domestic totals. Uh, just And listen to this top five list, guys. Num- uh, number five, Black Panther. Number four, Avatar. Number three, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number two, Avengers Endgame. And number one is Star Wars The Force Awakens with $936 million uh, domestically. Uh, I don't know how much longer Top Gun is going to be able to make that kind of money just because it is now starting to make its way on digital and home media releases. I'm telling you what, I would not be shocked if it at least ended up in the number five spot by the end of its run. I would not be surprised if it ended up outgrossing Black Panther. Because at this point, nothing will shock me. At this point, just nothing will shock me. It's just incredible to know that this movie is doing so well. Um, And it deserves it because it's a damn good movie. I think as far as my top 10 films of the year so far, um, let me just take a look here, but I believe Top Gun is uh, Top Gun is in the, uh, I believe it's in the top five of my favorite films of the year. Let me just see here. Let me just double check. Okay, it's not in the top five. It's, it's, it's number eight in my top 10. It's in my top 10, though. It's in my top 10. Um... Unfortunately, I have movies like Prey, RRR, uh, Vengeance, The Northman, Nope, Marcel, and Everything Everywhere All at Once are above it. But, hey man, still in the top ten. Still in the top ten, and that's incredible. Um, you know, it's and it just goes to show that, you know, this movie is good. It's a good movie. And many people have asked me, what are the chances that they make a sequel? I don't think they will make a sequel, but I wouldn't be surprised if they all of a sudden announced, "Hey, guess what? We're we're expanding the Top Gun franchise, and we are going to be doing a Top Gun TV series for Paramount Plus." Wouldn't be surprised at that at all. I I honestly would be shocked if they haven't thought about that yet. So that will be pretty pretty cool to see. Um, all right, let's move on to the next topic, and that is this. 
Dragon Ball Super Superhero opens to $20 million on its opening weekend. Uh, and this comes from Deadline. While Crunchyroll's Dragon Ball Super Superhero is coming in at the lower end of what we foresaw yesterday with $20.1 million, still significantly more than what we were spotting uh, Friday, Friday morning, Universal's Beast grew some teeth last night, improving its three-day from $10.1 million to now $11.57 million. That's after a $4.27 million dollar uh, million dollars Saturday. That's negative uh, 1% from Friday, uh, plus previews 4.3 million. Uh, some rival distributors believe that Dragon Ball Super Superhero made more. Uh, made more. Wow. Let me let me let me try this again. Some rival distributors believe that Dragon Ball Super Superhero made more at the. At twenty, made more at twenty-one million dollars. Um, so, so Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Um, I can get you the official numbers here. Um, so domestically, it has made twenty-four point two million dollars so far domestically, and worldwide, it's hit the forty-nine point six million dollar range. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about this because of, uh, just because of this reason. And actually Chris Stuckman has brought this up, has brought this up, um, in his, in his videos too. And that is this. Every time an anime movie comes out, I always see that we always see the same headlines. Dragon Ball Super surprises the box off is a box office surprise. Demon Slayer the movie is a box office surprise. Uh, My Hero Academia is a is a and it just makes me wonder. And Chris Stuckman even brought this up in his videos. Why is it shocking? There are people in North America who love anime. Anime ha- has a big fan base here in North America. You know, um, me, I'm a big fan of, of Japanese animation, not just Dragon Ball and My Hero and Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff like that, but also the Studio Ghibli films like uh, Studio Ghibli films like uh, Spirited Away, Howl's Movie Castle, Princess Mononoke, you know, all these great, great animated films from Japan. So, and look, I didn't think Dragon Ball Super Superhero was like the greatest movie of all time, and it's not the best animated film of the year, but it's a very fun movie. And for the diehard Dragon Ball fan, it it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Is it the best Dragon Ball movie I've seen? No, I still think that one goes to Broly. But I still had a lot of fun with it, and I thought it was really good. My, I think my favorite aspect of the film was the fact that it focus, it gave some deserved justice for Piccolo and Gohan because Piccolo is my favorite character from Dragon Ball Supers, from Dragon Ball in general. So, yeah, there's that. Um, and I just hated the way they were that him and Gohan were portrayed in Super. But this movie kind of redeemed that. But Going back to his box office, I'm honestly not surprised that it did $20 million because 
the last one was so beloved. And when I went to see this movie on Thursday, last Thursday night, that theater was packed with Dragon Ball fans. That theater, every single seat was was had somebody in it. And it was almost like it was like a rock concert watching this movie. Like the post credit scene happened and people were cheering. It 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 honestly it was a good uh, movie theater experience. And I I really, really loved it. I love this movie. I, I love the fact that this movie is doing well because it it again it just it's just proving a point. Anime is popular here in North America, and it's here to stay, and that's uh, very exciting. So, congratulations to Dragon Ball Super Superhero. All right, let's move on to the next topic. We got two more main topics to get through before we get into our movie our review segments. Um, let's, let's talk about this. Knives Out 2 gets an official release date and some images for the film have also been released. Um, so obviously Knives Out 2 is the sequel to the, uh, and actually it has a title. Um, let me see. I couldn't. Okay. Here's the title. Okay. So the. The title for uh, this new the sequel to Knives Out is Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. Um, so this is, of course, the sequel to the very popular film Knives Out, which was my favorite film from 2019. Um, I know if you go back and listen to, my, to that episode, I know I said Jojo Rabbit was my favorite film of that year. But honestly, the more I watched both of those movies, the more I'm like, you know what? No, Knives Out's my favorite movie from that year. I think it's fantastic. I I just uh, I every time I watch it, I love it even more. There's just so many things that I notice about it, and I think it's Ryan Johnson's best film. Well, we all knew it was coming this year. We just didn't know when. Well, now we know. This is uh, this comes to us from. Screen Rant, and they write, and they, and this is what they said. After a three-year wait, Netflix has finally revealed that Knives Out, the Knives Out Two release date. The film, entitled Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery, was originally put into development at Lionsgate, the studio behind the original Knives Out. After the film became a critical and commercial smash upon its 2019 release. Um, now, the release dates for the film. Uh, Will be it will premiere on Netflix on December twenty third, twenty twenty two. Now there is some issues going on with the theatrical release. It there it's still kind of up in the air whether or not it is going to also be released in theaters at the same uh, in theaters like a week early. So uh, we kind of don't know uh, that just yet. Um. But we did get our first images, and they look pretty damn cool. So we got this one image here. Um, you guys can't see it, obviously, but we got this one image here of Benoit Blanc talking to a group of guests who were invited by, uh, I guess, um, I guess Edward Norton's character is 
kind of the uh, the main uh, the main uh, guy uh, who invites all these random guests. Um, and it just it looks so great. It like this shot, like this image, just makes me feel like I'm watching the original already. Um, but then we got this other shot of Ryan Johnson directing um, the film, like just a behind the scenes image, which looks really cool. I can't wait, man. I'm I'm still waiting for a trailer. I'm still waiting for a trailer. I wouldn't be surprised if. By the time I finish editing this podcast, that uh, a trailer will drop, and then I'm gonna be like, "Damn it, I should have waited." Um, but then I'll have to talk about it next week if it, if it does. But uh, but no, um, <laughs> um, I yeah. What can I say? I'm excited. This excites me, and the fact that it's coming on the weekend of Christmas. That is also really exciting. So I'm I'm I can't wait for this. Uh, I've been waiting since 2019 for a sequel to Knives Out, and it's finally coming. So there it is. All right. The final topic we're going to talk about today is Legal Cinema's owner Cineworld declares bankruptcy. Uh, this once again comes to us from Screen Rant, and they wrote the following. The Wall Street Journal reports that Cineworld Group pick owner, uh, owner, wow, let me try this again. <laughs> um, the Wall Street Journal reports that Cineworld Group uh, PLC, wait, okay, yeah, PLC, owner of Cineworld, the world's second largest cinema chain, will file for bankruptcy. Despite a modest recovery in attendance, this has apparently not been enough to keep the company afloat. Reportedly, Cineworld has employed the help of Kirkland and Ellis LPP and consultants from Alex, Part- uh, Alex Partners in the, bank- in the bankruptcy process. Cineworld currently operates 751 locations around the world containing more than 9,000 screens. Now, this does not mean that they are just automatically going to shut down all Regal theaters. This doesn't mean that. It does mean that certain locations will shut down. Some locations will shut down. But, yeah, no, Cineworld is in a lot of debt. You know, unlike AMC, which basically had a meme stock that saved their company, um, Regal didn't have that. Uh, Cineworld didn't have that. Cineworld had to actually still work to keep their company afloat. They even tried introducing tactics to bring people back, like introducing six, uh, $5 Tuesdays and stuff like that. You know, I know the Regal Theater I go to um, does uh, value Tuesdays. I believe it's like five, uh, $5 on Tuesdays um, for, for a ticket. And then like, discounts on popcorn is is on is also on Tuesday. So um it's so it so they have attempted to try and bring more people back. It's just the problem is that there's just not enough movies coming out right now. Right now we're kind of in a dead zone. You know, yeah we're yeah the pandemic is is kind of a thing of yeah you know a lot of movies got pushed back because of the pandemic but also a lot of these movies that are coming out later in the year were shut down due to COVID. 
which is why they're taking so long to come out. So it, unfortunately, this was going to happen. Something like this is going to happen. Um, I'm not happy about it because Regal Cinemas is my favorite movie theater chain. I, I prefer Regal over AMC. I have a Regal Unlimited subscription. So I love Regal Cinemas. So yeah, it, it, this kind of this does bum me out, but um, I uh, am very, um, yeah, I it, it's 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 unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but I I'm hoping that Cineworld will be able to get themselves out of this. Um, if AMC could do it with the shithead of a leader they have, then Cineworld can do it too. So. All right, now, guys, we are going to go ahead and move on to the review segments. Okay, guys, so getting into the review uh, segment of our show, I'm going to be doing a quick review for episode one of uh, Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. Um, And here's my quick little reaction to it. I really loved I really loved it. I think it takes me back to the first season of Game of Thrones where they actually felt like they had to try and tell a good story. Um, and uh, it was a it was great as a establishing episode. Um, of course, later episodes will um, determine whether or not it is uh, great or not, but. I think um, the performances are really good. Um, uh, Matt Smith as uh, uh, as Damon Targaryen steals the show, um, and also Reese uh, Reese Ifran Ifran if okay um, Ifans race Ifans. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm so sorry. Lizard from The Amazing Spider-Man is also in this show, and he's also very good in it uh, as well. Um, you know, I, I didn't really have a big issue with the first episode. I thought it was very, very good. Even the use of the, the music. Um, they utilized the Game of Thrones theme quite a bit. Um, uh, and... I every time I heard that theme, you know, boom, 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 boom. Every time I heard that theme, I I had chills running down my spine. I was like, ooh, ooh, this is yes, Game of Thrones, it's back. Um, of course, much like the previous show, there's a lot of blood. It's it's funny. One of my friends, um, I I hadn't watched the show yet, so I just told him to give me my give give. I just told him to give me his basic, just non-spoilerific reaction, okay? And he said this, there's a lot of blood, a lot of boobs. And I'm like, but that's every Game of Thrones episode. He's like, yeah, exactly. It's called Game of Thrones. It, this Instead of this show being called um, Game of Thrones, instead of this franchise being called Game of Thrones, it should just be called a lot of blood and a lot of boobs. That's what it really should be called. Um um, and of course I, I, I guess I could agree with that, but it's, it's, um, it is, it still is very good. And, and amongst all of the violence and all that stuff, it just still manages to tell a really good story 
just a really, really good story. And I have a feeling that this show is just going to get even more crazy as we uh, move forward. Um, as we get the second episode, which happens this upcoming Sunday, uh, I cannot wait. Um, I think they've set us up for a really compelling story. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, also, I love the fact that it is set 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Because that allows us to not deal with characters that we're familiar with. This allows us to establish new characters. That's honestly one of the best parts about um, the uh, the about the Mandalorian is that the Mandalorian is kind of set in its own little cornerstone of the Star Wars universe that we don't have to worry about. Oh, how's Luke Skywalker portrayed and all this stuff? No, we we don't. Like we see Luke Skywalker in one episode, and then it's like, oh yeah, okay. You know, our main focal point is just these new characters who we're introduced to, and that's kind of the similar thing with House of the Dragon. Is that is that you're not constantly worried about oh well, is this the same character that's that was portrayed in the original show? I hope they're portraying them right. No, they they're portraying them. Uh, they're they're introducing us to new characters that you will attach yourselves to, um, and yeah, I just think it's it's wonderful. Um, also, I will say, CGI looks impressive. The visual effects look pretty damn impressive. Um, is it is it like? Lord of the Rings movie level quality? No, I don't think I don't think that. But it, I think it looks it still looks pretty damn cool. Um, yeah, I just think there's so much to love about this about about this first episode that I if we had way more time to talk about it, I would totally do it. But we also have a shitload of Q and A questions that we got to get through. So unfortunately, I can't go too in depth, but. Um, but yeah, no house of dragon. It was, it was fantastic. Um, I can't wait for episode two. I'll be doing my review for episode two next week, right here on the Zeke said so show. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Okay, guys, now that we've gotten all of our main topics, the big announcements and the review segment out of the way, it is time that we get to your guys's Q and a questions. But before we do, let's go ahead and take the the classic Zeke Said So commercial break. So sit back, relax. The Zeke Said So show will be right back. Thank you so much for listening to this installment on the Zeke Said So podcast. I wanted to remind you guys that the Zeke Said So podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. Uh, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a review on the feed, preferably a positive review. It helps more people see the show, and it helps us grow and continue to give you this amazing content. Also wanted to remind you guys that, that you can check out the Zeke Said So written blog. Go to zekesaidso.wordpress.com, and you may find the Zeke Said So podcast in a written blog. 
you can also follow me on Twitter at Zeke said so and on Instagram at Zeke underscore said underscore so. And one more thing. If you would like to support the show, you can find a link in the description of every podcast we put up to our listener support feature. Once you get there, you may donate any amount. And for those who do, you will receive a special shout out right here on the podcast feed. Not a mandate. You don't have to do you don't have to do it, but it does help us out a lot. And you guys are also supporting the show just by listening to this amazing content. Now, with that down, let's get right back to the show. Hey there, guys. So if you are looking for more content besides the Zeke Said So podcast, don't worry. That's where the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel comes in. Now, Zeke Said So uh, Pictures, the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel uh, has been around for a very long time and has some great videos on there. You can go and watch some of our older stuff. But we are also planning on starting to upload all the short films, including The Passion for Film, uh, dropping all uh, this uh, dropping uh, this upcoming holiday season. You have all this other great stuff like War for the Geeks and End of the Line. You can go back and watch those uh, two shorts. Uh, there's some trailer reactions, some behind-the-scenes stuff, and there are so many more videos coming to the channel. You can see some of my reactions to trailers and some of my reactions to movies like my Multiverse of Madness out of the theater reaction. And also I do some editorial stuff like my thoughts on the Batman or or my how Logan changed my life and all sorts of other really great stuff, including channel updates and many, many, many more. If you want to check all this stuff out on this, you can go to Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel and definitely go and check all that out and subscribe to the YouTube channel and share it with all of your friends. If they love movies, they should come and check out the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel. So once again, that is YouTube.com slash Zeke Said So Pictures. Once again, that is YouTube.com slash Zeke Said So Pictures. Alright guys, and we are going to get into your guys' Q&A questions. How do you guys send in a Q&A question? It is very, very simple. You just send them in through my Instagram uh, at Zeke underscore said underscore so, or you can send them in through the Zeke Said So uh, website, uh, Zeke Said So dot WordPress dot com. Uh, and uh, yeah, if if you send them in, you might you might just see it right here on the show. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. We got a lot to to cover, so let's get into this first one. The first one is, have you watched Sandman on Netflix? I think it's fantastic, and it might be on the level of Stranger Things. Well, for me, Stranger Things is my is one of my all-time favorite TV shows on right now. So it's going to be kind of hard to top Stranger Things or even be on the same level. But I have not watched Sandman yet. I am planning on watching Sandman very, very soon, though. I'm I'm planning on it. Um, so yeah, uh, favorite actor of all time and least favorite actor of all time, uh, favorite actor of all time. I would have to say it is, um, Brendan Fraser. Just look, I'm not saying he's the greatest actor of all time. I am not saying he is the greatest actor of all time. Obviously that still goes to Daniel Day Lewis, but he's my personal favorite, just based on 
the film like and it's it's purely a nostalgic level it's purely a nostalgic level but it's also the fact that he is such a good actor if you have not seen him in this movie called gods and monsters he was in that film with ian mckellen it is one of the best performances he has ever given in his career um, but he's also now also getting a lot of praise for his new film that he's doing with Darren Aronofsky called The Whale, which sounds like it's going to be a pretty good, it's pretty great movie. Uh, hopefully, top ten of the year. But uh, yeah, no, I I think Brendan Fraser is my favorite actor of all time. I mean, obviously, The Mummy, favorite movie of all time. But he's also in films like George of the Jungle, Dudley Do Right, um, which is a guilty pleasure of mine. Blast from the Past. Um, uh, uh, a movie that I think is completely underrated, Monkey Bone. Uh, I like that movie. I I really do. I think it's it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, I, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth. All like he's he's great. He's great at everything he does. Even if it's a bad movie, he is still giving it his all. You know, even in that really terrible third Mummy film, he was at least trying. So. Yeah, he. I would say Brendan Fraser is my favorite actor. Um, least favorite actor? I don't know. Like, I, I really don't have one. I. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't have one. I'm sorry. I just don't. Uh, question number three: How much time do you spend a day writing your screenplays? Um, that's a good question. Uh, usually it's about an hour. Usually it's about an hour, hour and a half, almost two hours at the most. Um, I try not to go past two hours though, just because I am a very busy man and I just don't have time to sit down for an entire day and write the screenplay. So I always try to at least spend a couple hours writing a screenplay. So there's that. Um, okay. Uh, what are some canceled movies you wish we could have seen? For me, it would have been Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4. That's a good one. Um, that, that's a good one. That's one that I've been wanting to see for a very long time. Uh, Colin Trevorrow's episode nine, Star Wars episode nine, Duel of the Fates. I don't know. Um, okay, uh, will you watch the re-release of the original Avatar? Also, have you gotten your tickets for No Way for the No Way Home extended cut? Uh, yes, I've gotten my tickets for the No Way Home extended cut, and yes, I will go see the original Avatar in in theaters. So. All right, and the next question we have here is uh, number six. Do you think the events of Broly and Superhero will be canon, or do you think they will redo them in another Dragon Ball series? Uh, I I hope they don't repeat those arcs in, like, if they bring back Dragon Ball Super, I really hope they don't re they don't repeat those those uh two movies into the show um just because like i they they did that with uh, resurrection f and battle of gods to which i thought the um both of those movies were better than the actual arcs themselves so um and I hope they don't because Broly is the best Dragon Ball movie we've ever had. It's it's the best one. From animation to the action to the characters to the story, it's it's infinite. it's an it's a way better movie. So, yeah. 
Uh, okay. Uh, thoughts on Batman Caped Crusader animated series canceled by HBO Max. Uh, also, how are you defending some of the choices uh, from the new Warner Brothers leadership? Well, I haven't defended every choice. I do think some of the choices they've made, like this Batman Caped Crusader thing, um, yeah, I am very shocked that they canceled it because I was actually looking forward to it. Um, because of, you know, let me bring it up here. Uh, Batman, uh, Caped Crusader. Let's see if I can find it here. Aha! Yeah, because this, this Caped Crusaders, uh, show had Bruce Tim, who was involved with the, uh, the the an, the 90s animated series then you had JJ Abrams Matt and Matt Reeves all attached to produce this show like this show was destined to be great and now it's not happening so I, that does kind of frustrate me a little bit um but uh so so they but apparently there, here's some other so other series that are on the chopping block with Caped Crusader, uh, Merry Little Batman, which I don't know what that is, uh, the day the day the Earth blew up, a Looney Tunes movie, uh, Bye Bye Bunny, a Looney Tunes musical, uh, Did I Do That to the Holidays, a Steve Urkel story, and The Amazing World of Gumball the movie. Um, all of those just are not going to happen. Um, uh, Warner Brothers Animation is the studio for each, uh, with the exception of The Amazing World of Gumball, which was produced by HP, HP Studios Europe. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I... Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I was looking forward to that show, and now it's uh, most likely not going to happen. So there we go. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, number eight, uh, thoughts on Halloween ends being re, uh, being released in theaters and on Peacock at the same time. Uh, this just proves to me that they have no confidence that this movie is actually going to be good. That's what, that's what it says to me. I mean, it just says to me that, uh, Universal just has no faith in this movie. So, I mean... And it's a shame because I'm actually kind of looking forward to Halloween Ends. Even though I did not like Halloween Kills, I'm still looking forward to Halloween Ends. I'm hoping it's a good movie. So, well, we'll see. Uh, okay. Uh, do you think we could see any characters from Game of Thrones in the House of the Dragons? Um, no, I because this show takes place 200 years before, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. So, uh Zeke, are you excited for Saw 10? No. God, no, I'm not. Uh, every, this entire franchise, I mean, with the exception of the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine have all sucked. So, yeah, I'm not excited for Saw 10. Uh, would you like to see a long-awaited sequel to Night at the Roxbury? <laughs> Night, at the, Night at the Roxbury. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. What is love? 
Baby, don't hurt me. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Night at the Roxbury. It's it's, it's a good movie, but um, no, no. I don't. Uh, first of all, I don't think we're ever gonna get one. Um, and uh, also, I just um, I don't think we really need one. Uh, Night at the Roxbury is kind of one of those movies that just doesn't really call for a sequel. If I'm being honest, I like the movie. It's a it's a fun little movie, but. It's not really one that deserves a sequel, to be honest with you. Um, although, I do love the, you know, what is love, baby, don't hurt. Anyway, sorry. Um, did you see the Last of Us series footage in front of House of the Dragon? Yes, I did, and I think it looks really good. Um, I haven't really been excited for the Last of Us series, but... Um, uh, this this footage got me more excited for it. That's for sure. Um, all right. Uh, question number thirteen. Uh, Viola Davis was cast as the villain in the Hunger Games prequel. Are you excited for this film? Um. Let's see. The Hunger Games. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um. <laughs> I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. I have not read the book that this is based on. I know this book was basically is a is a much is a newer book in the franchise, but I have not actually um, read it. But that being said, am I excited for it? Uh, not really, not really. Um, don't get me wrong. I like the I like some of the Hunger Games films. I like this. I like Catching Fire. Mockingjay Part One was was great, um, but I didn't like the first one, and I did not like the last one that they put out. So I I don't I know I don't really find myself getting excited. The only thing that has me interested in it is the fact that Rachel Zegler is playing, uh, is going to be in this movie, and Rachel Zegler was so good in um, in uh, West Side Story that I think she definitely deserves to be a superstar because she's such an amazing actress. And adding Viola Davis to the cast is just wonderful. And Peter Dinklage also. Um, Peter Dinklage is also in the film as well, and he's... And, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's, I don't know, it could be, it could be good. I mean, they, it looks like they got themselves a pretty decent cast here. So, I mean, let's hope it's, let's hope it's good. Uh, the screenplay is being written by Michael Arndt, which, which does have me excited because Michael Arndt wrote some really great films like Little Miss Sunshine, Toy Story 3, um, uh, he he wrote the Hunger Games Catching Fire. Um <laughs> he uh he wrote he was one of the writers of the uh Force Awakens before Lucasfilm decided to just let him go. Um so yeah, no, I uh I'm I'm I I don't know. I'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay, next question. Which is better, Mortal Kombat 1995 or Mortal Kombat 2021? Uh, Mortal Kombat 1995. 
I think the that original Mortal Kombat movie I still think is one of the best video game movies of all time. I think it has been topped by Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 and Detective Pikachu. But for me, yeah, I did not like that 2021 Mortal Kombat movie. I really didn't. You know, let's let's take all of the characters of Mortal Kombat and let's not focus on any of them. Let's focus on this new character who we've created. That's stupid. So stupid. Um I will say the one of the coolest scenes from uh one of the absolute coolest uh scenes in um that Mortal Kombat movie is is this is this great moment where uh Sub Zero and Scorpion fight to, at the end? Like that fight scene, un, it really when when Scorpion shows up, it gets great. And then once Cole jumps into the fight at the end, it was it was kind of it was kind of dumb. But when him and Scorpion are going one on one, that fight is awesome. The way it starts with. Bum, 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 bum. And then he's, and then Scorpion just yells, get over here. Yes, that fight's awesome. I just didn't like the rest of the movie. I just thought the movie, the rest of that movie was so bland. Whereas, and also it's like they took all of the fun from the original Mortal Kombat game and drained all of that fun out of it. Whereas the, the original 1995 film, at least that one, was fun it was goofy and it was cheesy but it worked on that level and i feel like moral combat should kind of embrace it so yeah all right next question warner brothers has delayed shazam 2 to march of 2023 do you think this was done to keep it away from avatar 2 um well let me see if that was the case i mean i can look it up here i i because i don't know if that was the case though If it was the case, then then that's kind of understandable. Uh, let me see. Yeah. So. So there's 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 kind of two reasons for this. Okay. Is that if Shazam 2 were to stay in December, it would have basically it basically would not have access to the IMAX screens because Avatar the Way of Water would be taking over those those screens. Um but also it does give Shazam 2 a better chance of making more money. So I was upset with this. And I still am because I just I want to see this movie so bad. And it just bums me out that the year that was 2022 for DC movies is going to end with Black Adam. And you guys know I have no faith for Black Adam. I really don't. But um, also, you also got to keep this in mind. I mean, Deadline, I'm looking at the article at Deadline. Deadline, Deadline put in their article... 
uh, look how great the Batman was with its March opening at $134 million, finalizing it at six at $369.3 million. And I believe that was domestically. So, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Warner Brothers is okay with moving Shazam to March. Um, I'm not because I would rather just see the movie now. I kind of want to watch Shazam 2 now. But, but uh, yeah, well, it is what it is. All right. Uh, let's see. Next question. Uh, just a couple more questions here, guys. Uh, thoughts on the Ryan Reynolds Clue movie moving forward? Also, when did they even announce this movie? That's a good question. I don't even remember them ever announcing this movie. But, um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll see it. I I'll judge it when it comes out. Uh, and the final question is thoughts on the trailer for Pinocchio. I mean, it just kind of looks like a shot-for-shot remake of the original. I it it looks like it's going to be a shot-for-shot remake of the original, and that kind of scares me a little bit, just because. You know, I would rather have them do it like the Jungle Book where it was a combination of things of a it was the familiar story from the animated film, but they borrowed elements from like the 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 Kipling book, you know, and I kind of wish Pinocchio would do that same thing, but eh, whatever. I'm honestly honestly I'm way more excited for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio film. I'm way more excited for that than I am for Disney's Pinocchio. So um, that that is that. All right, guys. That will do it for this week's episode of the Zeke Said So Show. Thank you so much for watching, uh, for listening. Um, and thank you guys for uh, hearing those big announcements. Uh, like I said, those announcements, I will talk way more about those announcements um, when uh, we get to the final show of 2022 which will be uh just before the christmas holiday so uh that will do it for this episode guys thank you guys so much for watching for listening uh make sure you follow me on twitter at zeke said so and on instagram at zeke underscore said underscore so uh, make sure you guys go check out the zeke said so website uh, zeke said so dot wordpress.com subscribe to the zeke said so pictures youtube channel um, and subscribe to the podcast. I think I should subscribe to the podcast because Zeke the Geek said so. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.